First off, who says, I have never seen you before in my life? Would you raise your hand? All right, the majority of you. That's great. I hope that we get to meet this week. Can I ask this? Who has just finished their senior year? Would you raise your hand? Senior year, senior year just finished up. That is so great as well. I hope that we get a chance to meet as well because I enjoy, I guess my spiritual gift is nosiness and I love getting in your business to be able to ask you what your plans are, how God is directing you in your life. I'm thrilled to have the opportunity at this point to be able to go through this week as we go through this camp week. I know a lot's been echoed about all the desires and different things as well. With that thing being said, I'm going to do this something awkward. Can I talk to the sound booth? Am I too loud? Is it too? Are we good? Okay. Everybody's like, ha, oh, yeah, you are. Okay. This is just my normal voice. Actually, my wife's like, baby, I'm right here, <laughs> you know, but anyway, however, for those who don't know, we've not met, my name's Adrian, it's a privilege, I'm an evangelist, God has called me, I am passionate about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, I, I, I get to be my full-time job to tell people about what Christ has done for me, I get to travel this country, I get to travel this world, in fact, I travel three months out of the year, I travel in Central America, and I get to be able to share the gospel there, then come back nine months in the year, and be across the United States, in fact, ustedes saben español aquí, yo estoy tratando de aprender español, Pero en usted, en Spanish speakers, levante su mano. No, nada. Oh, there are some. Okay, move in. Okay. Well, anyway, we, I, we, I thought there were maybe more Spanish speakers, but there are not. Okay. Well, anyway, have the opportunity to be here and over there. It's a grand blessing. So I know this. I, as far as what I understand, I know many of you have traveled today. I only have one point that I want us to be able to look at here this evening. And I really kind of set the stage as we get ready to go throughout this week. I am not a person who can cover a lot of ground. I'd rather do one thing well than try to cover a lot of things okay. And so let me, since I do in the spring and in the fall speak a lot to adults. I do have this thing that I do want to make sure that's understood. Oh, as well, I know I spit. I know it. I have tried sucking lemons. And if I spit on you, I will buy anything you want from the snack shack. I don't care if it's a camp t-shirt. If I promise, I hate it. So if I do spit on you, you got to prove it. That's, that's disgusting. I know it's not like but. But if I spit on you, literally, like, I mean it. I, I will totally buy you anything you want. I mean, like, you know what I mean, like at this camp, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I want a Tesla, baby. Anyway, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm saying. All right, with that being said, so those people that get in the front row go like, oh, man. <laughs> you know, at least it's the only way I can at least bring down the anxiety level for those in the front. With that being said, oh, where was I going? Oh, since I, in the spring and the fall, since I preach to adults a lot, I, 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 there's something that's, that is almost like, um, it's almost like a terrible reality that happens, and sometimes I never really spoke of what I'm getting ready to speak on to teenagers, but since it happens all the time with adults now, I feel like I should at least take a moment as we begin to talk about something that is really dear to my heart. That is it. A lot of times we think to ourselves in this kind of binary fashion of this, we have good decisions over here, and then we have bad decisions over here. And I understand, decisions are huge, decisions are big in your life, in fact, I hope you make good decisions for the Lord. However, there is a new brand of decision making that is out there that I am finding in the adult world. It's not necessarily it goes under the category that we say, oh, that's a good decision. Or that's a bad decision. Well, kind of a bad decision. But it's like a branch, a new area. 
And do you know what I find that happens so many times when I go and preach maybe a revival service or maybe there's a special spiritual emphasis week when I go and preach at a church? This is the new reality. This is it. Is people just make no decisions. They just don't do anything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like in a way that, that, that preaching is nothing more than a form of like entertainment for Christians. It's like the, the, the godly Netflix version that is required for your spiritual well-being. And if you don't have it, then you feel guilty about it. Or if you don't do it, then somehow you feel you're going to fail in some type of spiritual goal. And the reality is this no decision-making is terrible. It's horrible. And then this week, look, 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 I got one goal. My, well, one goal. My, 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 I got audience of one. I want to please God this week. That's all I care about. Number two, I hope you're helped. I really do. But in pleasing the Lord, like, my prayer is you just make one decision this week. I mean, we're going to go at it, baby. We're going to go at it. We're going to start in the morning. morning. We're going to move some stuff. We're going to talk about stuff as we go through this week. But this aspect of just, ah, that was a good one. Oh, he spit a lot. Oh, but that was a good week. That means it's entertainment, man. We, we, we got to get to the point. Just make this, by God's grace, one decision. I want to see the detriment of no decision real quick for this service. It's in the book of Ruth. So take your Bibles, turn there. The book of Ruth, chapter number one. Ruth, chapter number one, is where we're going to be. Some of you know the story of Ruth. Some of you don't. Um, I didn't really give much of my testimony, but that's really not important. Um, I, I maybe as we go through the week, we see each other around, especially you seniors. Even if you awkwardly walk to me and say, hi, I just graduated, I'll take it from there. I really will. I, I do mean what I say. I enjoy meeting those who have just finished up and getting ready to set out for what the Lord has asked them to do. Ruth chapter number one. Okay, here we go. Let's start, let me just give the background, the story, and then we'll just kind of jump into what's going on here. All right, so you have uh, this family, Elimelech, you got Naomi, and you got Malon Chilion. You might not pronounce it like that, but today I get it for each, so it's Malon and Chilion, right? So you have this family of four, and they're over here in, um, in, in Israel, and there's a famine in Israel. Um, I mean, people give Elimelech a hard time for leaving Israel, but uh, when you study the famines in Israel, they're pretty awful. This isn't the situation where, oh, I can't go to the store and find my favorite brand of oatmeal, and oh, man, I'm so upset. No, we're talking like there's nothing, nothing, nothing that is there. And so we find that he makes the decision to then go over to Moab. When he goes over there to Moab, his two sons meet two girl, young ladies from Moab. One's name is Ruth, the other's name is Orpah. After that then takes place, you find that actually tragedy strikes. The husband, Elimelech, dies. The son, Malon, dies. The other son, Chilion, dies, leaving Naomi with her two daughters-in-law. This situation is terrible. Naomi's like, I have no reason to stay here any longer in Moab. I'm going to go back home to Israel. Well, she's having a conversation with her daughters-in-law. As she's having this chat with Ruth and Orpah, she's essentially telling them, you need to go back to your people, and, and, and later on, she goes back to your gods. But as you're saying, as you're having this conversation here, I think we can reflect on this. It's like, have you ever been where your parents have been at a Thanksgiving, and you're with your uncles or your aunts or whatever, and you say, all right, you know, we got to go, so bye-bye now, bye-bye. And so everybody goes, bye-bye, and then they're like, ah, oh, let me walk here outside. So they just say, all right, let me walk outside. Then everybody gets in the car, then you have another 15 minutes of talking and talking and talking. Then you're like, okay, for real now, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. Then you get inside the car. Then you get inside the car, somebody has a question, so you roll down the window. 
Then 15 minutes later, you know, and they say, third time's a charm, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Like, you go through this wave of saying goodbye over and over. This is what's happening in the passage. They're going through this wave of saying goodbye. They're like, goodbye, goodbye. Oh, bring it in, bring it in one more time, girls. Bring it in, bring it in. And they hug, and they kind of like chat a little bit more. Bring it in, you know. So we're going through this wave of saying goodbyes. But in this passage, I think this is wave number two maybe of goodbyes as the ladies are seeing something. Something interesting happens. In Ruth chapter number one, verse number 11, the Bible says this, and Naomi said, turn again, my daughters, why will you go with me? And why are there yet sons, any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and shall also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they are grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for grieve me much for your sakes, the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. So here's what's happening. Um, Naomi's here. The two daughter-in-laws are here. She was like, girls, logic. I cannot have any more children. Look, if I found a husband today, and you wait, would you wait for me to have my child, and then my child grow up and marry a male son? She's like, this is ludicrous. You need to head back home. There's nothing for you back in Israel. Now, let's have an understanding real quick. I want to be the defense attorney here for Naomi for understanding because Naomi, number one, is giving horrific advice. Horrific. She's going sending these girls back to Moab, back to the gods of the Moab and all these different things. I mean, this is an opportunity these young ladies to understand and recognize the Jehovah God in Israel. And she's giving horrific advice to them. But let's understand where Naomi's coming from. The woman just lost her husband. You know that, right? Not only that, she just lost both of her kids. Do, do, do you realize in English, we don't even have a word for that. Like if you lose a spouse, you say that's a widow or a widower. If you lose your parents and you're like an orphan. I don't know the word. That in English, when you lose your children, you just have to describe the fact. Some we've have used the word veloma to be able to describe because that word simply means it's against the natural order. Simply put, for Naomi's life, veloma means this. It wasn't supposed to happen like that. It wasn't supposed to be like that. It was supposed to be that they saw me be buried, and now the reverse is taking place. So let me understand, Naomi's giving horrible advice, but I am not going to just completely throw the woman under the bus. This is a discouraged woman, and she's saying some things that probably Naomi, I mean, I'm sorry for Ruth and Orpah, it's not the best advice. But that's not my focus. The focus is this. The focus is, in verse 14, I want you to look at it if you have your Bible, Okay. Because I want you to see what happens between verse 14 and 15. Ready? And they lift up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clave unto her. And she said, this is Naomi, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone. Back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Hold up. What happened to Orpah? Like between 14 and 15, everybody's hugging. Everybody's like, oh, you're going to be gone. This is going to be terrible. And then verse 15, there's only two, Naomi and Ruth. 
You know, I don't think that Orpah said, you know what? I don't want anything to do with that God of Israel. I, you know what? I'm going to do my own. I don't think she did that. I just think Orpah just didn't make any decision. And the strongest voice in her life made the decision for her, which was a discouraged Naomi. Young person. You know, sometimes we think to ourselves, like, oh, this is like the key word of can't, can't decisions, can't decisions, can't. Like, look, 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 look. Can we understand the importance of a decision from this woman we're getting ready to read a story of? I told you not going to be long because, actually, I just want to go through one more verse, two verses, and then make an application for us tonight. Because what we're getting ready to see here is in verse number 17. It says, th- I mean, verse 16, and Ruth said, and treat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. And the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me could not I think she got the point Ruth ain't going nowhere Ruth is going to come Ruth made a choice now even her wording and treat me is a Hebrew expression that's like we don't use it obviously but like we would say raining cats and dogs so like when rain hits on like a metal roof or something the word picture that she's using is Naomi Naomi stop asking me and asking me and asking me not to come with you to Israel. I am coming back with you. I have made my mind up. I am going to return with you. And the woman drops like wedding vows to the girl. And it's like, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. And she lets it be very clear. Now, this is why I love the book of Ruth. I love Ruth. That sounds weird because my wife's named Tabitha, but you get what I'm saying. But, like, I really like Ruthie. You know what I'm saying? I like her. Like, she's not my favorite Bible character. Abishai is probably my favorite. But a close second is good old Ruth. Let me tell you why. You know, my life, since I travel around... Um, so who would say, I understand itinerant evangelism, I know how that works. Would you raise your hand? You know people that have been in itinerant evangelism, you know how that life works, okay? Okay, like four people. All right, okay, well, I go to a lot of churches, and I travel to a lot of churches, right? And so by default, I mean, that's a bad thing. My friends are pastors, right? And so I go to churches every week of my life, different pastors, and those are my friends. And with that being said, sometimes I'll go, and I'll talk to a pastor or whatever, and we'll be sitting around, and uh, one pastor I was... Um, you know, sometimes we just small talking, and I was just at Mikado with Brother Rusty, and I was like, so what do you like to do for fun? You know, he's like, oh, I enjoy golfing. And I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. You know, I like to golf. He says, you know what, I got my pilot's license, so I kind of fly all over different places. I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, you know. And then I go to another church, and it's like, man, he does that on his spare time. <laughs> you know what I mean? He has a pilot's license for his spare time. Then I go to another church, and this other guy's like, yeah, before the law called me to preach, I used to be, had a, a scholarship for football, uh, but I had to turn it down uh, because the Lord wanted me to be in the ministry. And even though, like, look at there, bing, bing, bing right there, you know what, I, I am not following that path right now in my life. I am becoming a pastor. I'm like, man, that's really cool. Go to another church, another pastor's like, I used to work for NASA, and I used to build rockets, but now the Lord called me out of that ministry, and now I'm there. And they're like, so, Adrian, what did you do? 
I played Smash Brothers, baby, you know, like, <laughs> and I was pretty good. <laughs> I really was, you know, and uh, I can't change your oil. I can't fix your car. I don't know what a two-by-four is. You know, like, <laughs> and, like, literally after, like, the 18th person I talked to, I thought to myself, like, I rode the short bus to school and didn't know it for, like, 18 years, you know. Like, like I look at all these people that are, like, incredibly gifted, like, they can build a house, not even thinking about it. They, they're like a software engineer on their spare time. And do you why I like Ruth? There's really nothing special that we see about her. You know? Like Paul. Okay, Paul's awesome, right? Well, the man was a genius. Sure helps, doesn't it, when you're a genius. Photographic memory, that's helpful. Esther, uh, I mean, I, I didn't say she had everything going, but she was drop-dead gorgeous. Probably didn't hurt the situation, you know? Like... I kind of look at her life and I look at these people's lives and I think to myself, like, all these things they have, like, going for them. Ruth didn't have anything. She just made a choice. She just, she just said one day, you know what, girl, I'm, I'm, I'm going back with you. She wasn't super gifted. Her, her mom and dad were not, like, the parents of the year. We don't even know a thing. But she made it, it's interesting because the last verse that we're going to look at, it says in verse 18, and when she saw, this is Naomi, and when Naomi saw, when she saw that she, Ruth, was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. Okay, so this is interesting. The Bible does not say this. The Bible does not say, so we have Ruth right here, Naomi right here. Ruth lays out like her wedding vows basically and said, I'm not going to leave you. The Bible doesn't say, and after Naomi heard the words which Ruth had spoken unto her, then, no, 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 she didn't say, it didn't say that. It says that the girl, Naomi, looked at Ruth and the Bible says she saw that this girl was steadfastly minded. Have you ever made a decision so strong People could see it. They didn't even make sense to make funny about your decision about how you're not going to do such and such or watch such and such. They could see that you've made your choice. Now, they can look stupid and be the ones to be able to then make fun and belittle the decision that you've made. But it's so apparent that your decision that God has laid on your heart is so real. You can see it in your eyes. Um, I told you... Uh, I travel right out of the country, right? So I would sometimes go to a church and uh, present the ministry and different things, and I would be with missionaries who are looking for support. Do you understand this model? You understand missionaries come in, support, code word money coming from churches. You know that how that works, right? So we were going in a missions conference, and so I was sitting around in a table with a bunch of the, the missionary guys that were at the table. All right, so my, all my illustrations are about churches, right, because it's my life. And so here we are, and so we're sitting around the table, and uh, we were all the missionary guys that were there. The pastor was sitting there, and the pastor stood up, and he walked away. After the pastor stood and walked away, the missionaries had a conversation that usually happens after the pastor walks away, and that is this. They say, hey, out of us... Who is the most likely to get support from this church? The reason the question comes up, it just turns into an opportunity to give compliment fest. Like, well, I think you, brother, had a really good presentation. Oh, no, 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 no. I think your family is really central to the top. Like, it, it, it's really just a time for everybody to give compliments to each other. Well, when this was happening, they asked the question, 
And it was crazy. We all looked at one guy. He was a missionary to Colombia. You know why? He had the X factor. You could see it in his eye. The man's going to go to Colombia. <laughs> like whether you this church gives him money or not, he will thumb a ride. This man is going to start a church in Colombia. His decision was so strong that it was obvious to any onlooker. It wasn't a put-on situation. It wasn't something that was like, oh, let me work it up to convince people. You could just look at the human and just see the choice was made. Major, this is the prayer this week. Very simple. Make one decision. Just one. Will you be willing to pray today? That, Lord, whatever you speak about inside of my heart, you know, there's going to be some message that, yes, it's a good reminder. Yes, shot in the arm. But there's going to be some messages that's going to be all up in your business. And you will be presented with a choice. And I just pray that when it time comes, that no decision is not on the radar. Because if it's just to hear preaching, bro, go to YouTube. Just sit around. If this is going to be just interesting, or is it going to be life-changing for God to do something inside of our heart?